All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. Not over just yet. What's happening, everybody? It's a Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. The Leafs stay alive, stave off elimination, set up a Game 5 Friday night Scotiabank Arena. We'll recap. What we saw on Thursday night, uh, or Wednesday night, excuse me, look ahead to Game 5 on Friday night. And also, a Frank Saravalli will drop by in about 10. We'll get his thoughts on the series thus far. Also, look ahead a bit to what we could be uh, seeing next from this franchise in the offseason, of course, win or loss. What's up, Rosie? We are alive, man. You nailed it. It's, uh, it's a good day. It's a good day, man. The sweep would have been disgustingly heartbreaking and lots and lots of shit flying at the fans. So it's nice to be alive and they did what they needed to do. So on to Friday, man, one game at a time, like we've been saying. I won't lie. It was a weird feeling watching that game. There wasn't pressure at all, man. I felt like I was just tuning in for a death and that's about it. So I think the cherry on top is that they took care of business. The core four showed up. Joseph Wall was great. And we move on to a game five, but first and foremost, I had some tape I wanted you to break down, and you brought it to my attention uh, following the game. But uh, old teammates with the London Knights, Mitch Marner and Matthew Kachuk, getting together at the final buzzer here. What'd you break of this? Ah, you know what I think of it, man. I mean, he's. <laughs> have you ever just seen a guy just stare at the ref going, help me, help, help? Like, it's the end of the game. There's no penalties. You're not keeping your arms by your side to get a power play like. I mean, McDavid last night went in there, went after a guy. You don't have to fight. I'm not talking about Mitch Marner fighting anybody. Are you kidding me? There's a huge difference between dropping your gloves and bare knuckle fighting and standing up for yourself, standing your ground, pushing him back, grabbing his jersey at the shoulders, keeping his hands out of his face. Said he's flailing around like a, it's like a child at the playground getting bullied by a person three grades above him. It's just, and I know it's not in his DNA, but it's just frustrating, like, it's a character thing. Like, defend yourself, man. Like, how do you not do you not do you, do you not hate it when someone's ragdolling you and grabbing you and pulling you around and getting in your face? And you know what he's trying to do. So 
I mean, do what McDavid did. He goes over there and kind of grabs the guy, a couple shots, jostling a little bit, a little bit of F you in your game. It it just shows that you have pride in yourself and and you can stick up for yourself. And Mitch, what I, he has absolutely none of that. And, and that's what that is. And I think we've been complaining about that this series. And I think that translates to your hockey game too. And part of the reason why they're down three rip at one point in time. So yeah, I didn't like to see it at all on a guy that's on the team that I'm rooting for. It reminded me a lot of Austin Matthews against Montreal a couple of years back where the Habs were trying to drag him into the fight and all he did was smile post-whistle with like a glove in his face. And then number two, as I mentioned, they played together on the London Knights, but there's no friends out there. How many times have we seen old buddies go at it? You've gone at it with friends on the ice. I mean, it's just a different, different generation. And I just, again, I was not a fan of that either. We all know what Matthew Kachuk was starting to do, trying to do the, the message sending post-buzzer. People were pissed off at Sam Bennett as well. Like, Last time I checked, this isn't beer league hockey, is it? Like, it's a Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm not there to make friends, are you? No, and it's just, it's not even about making friends. It wouldn't have matter who grabbed Mitch right there. The, the mindset and the mentality of it is, oh, God, like, like, I will do absolutely nothing. I hope this is over soon. I hope the ref comes in soon. <laughs> that Like, that's the mentality, and it's just, I don't understand it. And yeah. again... It's got nothing to do with being tough. It's got nothing to do with fighting. It's about having, you know, a little pride in yourself and standing up for yourself and not allowing someone to make you look like that. It's no different mm -hmm. than if someone, you know, pushes you out of the way in a grocery store. Excuse me, what are you, what are you doing? Don't do that to me. I'm not going to, you know, put up with that. You say something. You don't fight the yeah. guy in the middle of the, the park. <laughs> you don't just cower and hide in the corner. It's about pride in yourself and your team. And there's nothing better than playing a team when you know they won't do a goddamn thing. You have free reign over whatever you want to do. You know they're scared of that shit. And you know you can just pour it on them. And there's going to be absolutely zero consequence. It gives you an upper hand in the mentality of the hockey game, whether you like that or not. I have no idea what grocery stores you're going to. I'm okay when I go to the grocery store. Maybe it's because we're taller dudes. Maybe you're, you're scrapping people out there in olds. Who knows? But remember to subscribe, tap that like button. Leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. If you're watching right now and are not subscribed, please subscribe for a Maple Leafs victory in Game 5 at the Leafs Nation 401 at the Leafs Nation 401. Additionally, available wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, the live chat is on fire as we speak. Drop us a line, and we'll get to it a bit later on in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. So it was uh, the recipe we had been looking for from the previous three games of the series, but a Nylander power play goal, Marner 1-1, one one, the core four showed up. Showed up. It was team buy-in, 21 shot blocks last night, urgency, purpose, Joseph Wall makes 24 saves. Where do you want to start? Yeah, it was a better it was a better outing. They got the job done. It was tight. It was close. But, I mean, that second insurance goal was huge that they managed to get. And, uh, you know, to me, the difference was defensively, how they played defensively. They didn't give them a whole lot of chances. Again, they kept everything to the outside. Their, their opportunities were nil. And, you know, in previous games where they're not winning games, they – they get spread out, they get scattered, and they get scrambly. And I didn't see a whole lot of that. And again, to me, playing pro, what you learn is that dots are your friend, especially as defensemen. 
you play dots in and protect that vulnerable part of the ice, keep them to the outside. And some teams do that against, you know, our core four in the first couple of games and especially game three, where you just keep them to the outside and they can't penetrate anywhere where they can get chances to actually score goals on NHL goalies. So I thought the Leafs did a good job of that. I was impressed and, you know, they need to keep going. That's that's job number one done, but you've put yourself you put yourself in a position where you got to do multiple things to get back in this series. Check the box on on box number one, but you got to go do that again. Again, the core four have to show up on Friday. Joseph Wall looked solid. He's got to do that again. And defensively, as a team, you have to be tight as hell. You cannot afford that one Justin Hall blunder at the wrong time of the third period, or your freaking season's over. So. There's no margin for error, and they got the job done. It's great to see, and I believe that they can do it again. They've proven that. Do it again. Get the next game. All of a sudden, the arses of the, the Florida Panthers start to pucker up, and uh, mm-hmm. she's a bit of a series. And, I mean, you can you can do it two more times and get this thing to game seven. They definitely can. Yeah, like you, I feel the exact same way. Like, I'm not going to get caught up in the, uh, you know, everything that happened in that game and getting the job done and winning the game. Like, there's still three more to get, so... I think it's job well done. Give them the sticker if you want. Um, I think, again, the great thing was the team buy-in, the urgency, the shot blocks. Like, Joseph Wall was really, really solid. You, you see why they think this guy has a bright future and why we see it before our eyes. He's been an incredible story this season, and he is the guy now in between the pipes. Makes 24 stops. I thought Luke Shen was great. I thought Mark Giordano was awesome. The PK was fantastic. And, again, it was still bewildering to me how it took, like, five-plus periods for the Leafs to be granted a power play. And I thought it was the hockey gods maybe smiling down on this team. The fortuitous bounce off Gord Wire onto the stick of, uh, of Will- Willie Nylander and he scores the goal. It just, it's just surreal to me that every year we have this conversation and people like to say, oh, you know, they got their power plays. It's like, no, a, a team as skilled as the Leafs, and I know they were chasing the puck a lot in uh, game three of this series. There's no way you should go almost two full hockey games, Rosie, without getting a power play. It's insane to me. Yeah, and people sure hate to hear that who hate the Leafs, but I mean, you can put together a highlight clip of of whatever you want. I mean, I've seen it before online, and I mean, it's it's Michael Bunting getting absolutely <laughs> molested in front of the net in a series, cross-check to the net, cross-check to the back, nothing happens. I mean, last yeah. night, it's the most simplest thing in the world. High stick, two minutes for high sticking. Oh, let me go over to the bench and see. Oh yeah, blood dripping down your nose, there's a four. And it's like the refs just go, not going to look at the bench, not going to listen to all the screaming, not going to pay attention. Like, it's the simplest. I don't even like the rule of drawing blood. You could cross-check a guy in the chin as hard as you can, knock him dead, and he's not going to be bleeding. Or you could just clip a little guy with the back of your blade as he's falling, and you're going to, you know, open up a little chin piece, and you're going to get a four-minute power play. I don't like the drawing blood thing, but that is the rule, and it... It's happened to us. It's happened to everybody. You draw blood with a high stick, it's four minutes. And things like that kind of go unnoticed. And it's 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 frustrating. I didn't like the tripping call there. Alex or Kerfoot goes down, lays down to block a shot. And then Stahl goes to chase and tries to jump over him. The guy's just standing up from blocking a shot. And that's his fault for tripping. The guy tried to jump over. I didn't like that at all, especially in a, a deciding game, third period of, a, of the Stanley Cup playoffs I just I don't love it and and yeah I mean you know the thing is if you're gonna draw penalties you need to keep your feet moving you need to constantly work 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 and make those guys haul you down make those guys hook you make those guys put an arm on you and hold you that's how you draw penalties it's, it's hard work and you know there's nothing that's gonna change anything as far as bitching about the reps isn't gonna get you more calls so 
my only advice to them would be if you don't like how the amount of power plays you're getting, you better just keep working in the pits and, and moving your feet because you're going to draw penalties that way. What do you think of the goodest hit on David Camp there in the second? <laughs> so late. I mean, it's hard to pull up, but... <laughs> you know <laughs> he knew i've done he the same doing. thing i don't have a problem with judas doing it it's uh he got away with it but it should Crazy. be a penalty and if uh i don't know if luke shen does that to i don't know pick a guy tweet boom there's a fucking melee and we're gonna be down and on the penalty kill so it's it just is what it is man i don't know what the deal is with the mentality around the maple leafs and it is what it is, man. I mean, maybe we're too close to it and we pick apart every play, but I mean, you watch yeah. all the games and you see all the things happen and it's, uh, it seems to be interesting enough anyways, but uh, yeah, clearly after the whistle. The best part was Gudis after the hit stands up and it's like, who's fucking coming at me? And there was not a fly near the guy, man. How many times have we seen that episode before? I loved it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's a tough dude and it, it is what it is this, this team doesn't yeah. have enough team it's toughness i think it's yeah it's cost them and uh they could use more of it uh it just so happens that you know at the times when those things happen o'reilly's not out there shenner's not out there you know simmons mm -hmm. not playing clifford's not on the team and they just kind of went away from that and you know, that's what you're going to get when you put together a soft team. I, I played pro for 13 years, and you know if you were playing a tough team, you're going to do that stuff. There's going to be consequences, so you better be ready. You better have your, your wits about you because there's going to be, you know, a bell to answer for doing that kind of thing. And then there's other teams where you can do it all night long and just turn around and act like you're a gladiator out there and say, <laughs> who's next? And absolutely nothing happens. And I tr trust me, it's a lot uh, it's a lot funner playing the teams that have absolutely no pushback and, and the Leafs just don't. So there's nothing we can do about that now. Be nice if someone stepped up and had some pride in the jersey and the team and, and you know, got their hands dirty a little bit. Again, don't have to fight, but grabbing a guy by the collar and, and touching visors with him and getting in his ear saying, hey, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no one's willing, apparently. Gudis is such a mutant, man. Like, he, he's from the Stone Age. Like, just with the beard and the look and just how heavy he plays. Like, he does not give a shit about anyone or anything. And sometimes you need players like that. Like, I was watching the game last night. We're going to get to Frank Saravalli. I was watching the game last night. And I remember when the name Radko Gudis surfaced at the trade deadline. I don't know how close it was to happening. Of course, Florida was a team that was teetering. But imagine any team picking up Radko Gudis for a playoff run, knowing the game can get a bit dirty in, this, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, he's hard-nosed. I played him for years. I played against him in the minors, and I played against him in the big league, and uh, he hits really hard. He's an open-ice hitter, but there's no doubt about it. His game and his physicality has elevated in the past, mm -hmm. call it five years, because, you know, being a smaller guy, and he doesn't necessarily want to fight. He wants to hit and stuff. He'd, he'd back off a little bit back in the day when everyone was playing, and, and now that some of those guys are out of the league, and, you know, he kind of has free reign, you notice he steps it up a little more, plays a lot taller, plays a lot bigger. And, you know, uh, he's effective out there. And, and, you know, you need guys like that on your team. And unfortunately, we don't, we don't have too many that are actually in the lineup. And I think that is, again, I think that's hurting this organization right now. The following interview is brought to you by our new friends over at Skip. We're happy to tell you about Mitch's Dishes by Skip. Using the promo code TLN15 in the Skip the Dishes app, you'll get $15 off when you spend $30 or more on Mitch's Dishes. Again, the promo code TLN15. Please note this offer is exclusive to Skip. Additionally, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Marner Assist Fund to combat food insecurity. Skip is currently serving up game time eats across the GTA and Ontario in the likes of Brampton, Guelph, Kitchener, Toronto, Oshawa, and Waterloo, among other places. If Mitch likes it, 
It's got to be great. Did somebody say skip? At this point, we're happy to bring in the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, and the person responsible for putting this dynamic duo together. It is uh, Frank Saravalli. What's going on, Frank? Uh, I can't take all the credit, but uh, <laughs> good to be with you guys. Yeah, we, you know, I won't lie. We were we were getting set for a doom and gloom show, and then the Maple Leafs won a game. But what did you make of the uh, Game 4 victory last night, Frank? I think the most frustrating part, if you're a Leaf fan, is where was that in Game 3? Because we could be having an entirely different conversation today. The Leafs coming back to Toronto all square. What I loved about it was it was workmanlike. It was attention to detail uh, for a team that had gotten severely outworked in Game 3. They had their best work ethic game of the playoffs, which you heard Sheldon Keefe acknowledge as well. And... It's there. Like, that's what's, that's what well, makes your brain explode. Like, you have the core four pieces step up, two of them uh, last night in game four. And it's like, these elements to be a successful team, I think, exist. But the big question for me is, why haven't we seen that consistently? And it just feels like it's too little too late. Like, it's only going to add to the, you know, fury factor of this team likely losing this round. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Frank, being as this team has, you know, like you say, they've got the core four. They've got they've got the pieces in place to be successful. They're underachieving like crazy being down 3 nothing. The fact that they are that Jekyll and Hyde team, if they can access their best stuff do you think that gives them as good a chance as anybody to actually tying this series and getting it to a, a game seven i i don't because i think there's too many moments at least historically that we can point to in these playoffs and in previous playoffs where this leaf team just lets their foot off the gas and you know e even go back to game four on wednesday night like you're you're looking at it and you say the Panthers, like, they cut the lead in half with, what was it, seven, eight minutes to go on the power play, and you're like, 
they're one shot away from sending it to OT and, and absolutely carving out the Leafs' heart. Um, so that didn't happen, of course. The Leafs held on. But it, it speaks to me to, like, the fragility of this precarious position the Leafs are in. Like, there is zero margin for error. And to think that the Leafs can string together, you know, essentially what is going to have to end up being, um, you know, whatever that is, eight, nine consecutive periods of perfection. Like, I just, I don't see it. And I think that also, to me, um, it takes away from what the Panthers have done to this point. Like, they were clearly the better team for a chunk of this series. And they, they've they all they, like, you don't, that's the funny thing about this lead is, like, just because you got out to that 3 nothing lead, like, you, you don't have to give those games back now if you're Florida. Like, those wins stay in your pocket and all you need is one more. Yeah, they're playing with house money for sure right now. And the data speaks for itself. I mean, there's way more teams that have come back down from 3-1 than 3 nothing. That's for sure. But again, we look ahead to Game 5 coming up on Friday night. Frank, in your wildest dreams, could you have ever suspected Joseph Wall would get a playoff victory before Matt Murray? And uh, I'm not sure where you stood on the whole Matt Murray pickup last summer. But boy, oh boy, it's, just, it's, it's surreal to me that they put all their stock in picking up Matt Murray, and he's your backup for the most important game of the season. Am I surprised? No. Like, I was critical of the, the decision to get Matt Murray from the beginning. Um, going back to July, you can find the clips. I said Ilya Samsonov was going to be one of the biggest bargain buys of free agency. Um, I predicted that he would be not only the opening night starter, which didn't happen, but he would end up being the playoff game one starter and, and that did. So uh, all of that is said not to pat myself on the back because, like, let's face it, look at me. I don't have an arm big enough to reach. Um, <laughs> but the truth is, like, Matt Murray, the biggest thing in terms of being a goalie in the NHL, consistency is one thing, but reliability and dependability are another. And to me, he has 0% of it. Um, he has no ability to stay healthy. And even when he's played, there have been – you know, gaping holes in his game uh, that teams have exploited. So uh, if you've listened to Mike McKenna, if you've listened to others, like McKenna has been pounding the table for weeks now saying that Joe Wall gives the Leafs the best chance to win. So the fact that he was the guy, um, I think what that actually does for a team that has lots of cap issues makes that really exciting for next year uh, and beyond, especially if you can also bring back Samsonov on a reasonable number, you've got Wall at an incredibly reasonable number. That's a great spot to be in, but it also speaks to the idea that you're talking about next year already. So, I mean, if you look at it one way, the Leafs covered their bases with goaltenders. Matt Murray, what can he rekindle from his past? Cover your bases with Samsonov, you get him cheap. And is there magic left in the tank? Can he be a quality goaltender? He has proven he can be throughout the stretch. Disaster happens. He gets hurt in the playoffs. You got a third layer of protection by having Joseph Wall in the weeds. Say they move forward, whether they win this series or whether they lose out on Friday is kind of irrelevant. Let's say you go ahead with Samsonov and Wall. What are the potential things you can do with Matt Murray? Uh, it's a little friend we call uh, LTIR. I mean, that's essentially, that's where I think Matt Murray's heading. Uh, again, dependability, reliability. 
He's banished to Robita Island. He's got something in his whatever, hip, back, groin, picket, you name it, uh, that prevents him from being part of this team um, moving forward. So, I again, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I would just suspect that that's ultimately what ends up happening is that he's not in the picture any longer. Do they, can so they front him on long-term IR support. if he's – sorry, if he's, if he's healthy and that come training camp, he's like, I'm ready to rock, and they're like – does like I can't picture a scenario where that happens. A guy saying I'm ready to rock, and they're like, "No, we don't want you. You're going on long term IR." Can you though. even do that? I don't. Given the connections there, um, the Sue connection and everything else, if Kyle Dubas is still there, I don't. I don't foresee Matt Murray getting in the way of anyone. But yeah, he just no. I'm right there with you. So so what's at stake here? Like, can you give us a greater scope of what's at? truly stake here in this series if the Leafs lose it like in terms of a management standpoint um, Sheldon Keefe wherever you want to go with this what's at stake is the easiest way to answer it is to use the words that Brendan Shanahan used last summer everything is on the table and I truly believe that when I say everything and I think that also should include a conversation about Brendan Shanahan and his job security you know, we're now in year eight of the Shanna plan and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have next to nothing to show for it. You don't get trophies for being a good regular season team. You, you just don't. This isn't Little League Baseball um, where I'm the scorekeeper and everyone's excited to get a snow cone after the game. That's, that's not how it works. So um, that includes coach. That includes general manager who doesn't have a contract. And I think specifically, it also includes your core four. I think there's some really significant roster construction decisions to make. I think if you were to, you know, really think about how Kyle Dubas would have built this team from the beginning, I don't like, would he have done it this same way? Had things not fallen a certain way? Would the con would he do the contracts over again? If he had the choice, would he fight to get term knowing the position that they're backed into now? You can't go and unring the bell on a lot of these things, but I think to, I understood where they were at last year and last summer saying, you know, you've got, why would you hurt this team's chances and, and cut off your nose to spite your face, but to do it again and bring back the same group. I, I just, I, I can't see it making any sense whatsoever. So you talk about Kyle Dubas, just to wrap uh, the Pittsburgh story, Frank just won't go away. What are you hearing about Pittsburgh's president and GM search? It's actually nearing the f completion of the first round of interviews. Um, they don't seem to me to be a team that's, you know, sort of stalling and waiting to see if they can get Kyle Dubas. I, I think there's been a lot of smoke there. And I, I thought the stuff that I saw out there this week was like particularly like, like harebrained and sideways tinfoil hat stuff. Um, first off, is it possible that, if the Leafs lose and Kyle Dubas, uh, who doesn't have a contract, is, is he not back? Of course, that's a possibility. Is it possible that the Pittsburgh Penguins would then hire him to be either general manager or president of hockey ops? 100% there's a chance that that could happen because they, Fenway Sportsbook, we, sports group, we know has an analytical bend. Uh, we know that Kyle Dubas, one of his friends is Heim Bloom of Fenway Sports Group and president of baseball ops for the Boston Red Sox. We know all of these things. There are plenty of lines to draw there. But the part where the Larry Brooks tweet lost me was 
saying that Mike Sullivan could be fired. I can just tell you, and you can write it down and underline it in bold, there is a 0.0% chance that Mike Sullivan gets fired in Pittsburgh. If maybe not for John Tortorella, he is the most powerful coach in the league right now. He's a Boston guy who's wired in directly with ownership at Fenway Sports Group. He has a contract that extended him way past their previous general manager at two and a half times the pay of their general manager. There is, let me repeat, no chance that Mike Sullivan is fired. So whoever is going into Pittsburgh is going in knowing that their coach is bulletproof. Yeah, I think it was wishful thinking on the uh, post part and Larry Brooks there and, and maybe getting Sullivan to the New York Rangers just ain't going to happen. Uh, Frank, you always bring the heat, and I'm sure over the next couple of weeks we'll have you on again to uh, decompress everything uh, throughout this leaf season. But uh, stranger things have happened, so we appreciate your time here. Hey, I covered a 3 nothing series comeback. 2010 Philadelphia Flyers against the Boston Bruins. This feels different to me, but I, I don't know. I love drama. I will love chaos. Wouldn't hate seeing that again. I love it, Frank. Take care, buddy. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. The one and only Frank Saravalli, an absolute gem. So thankful mm-hmm. to have him here on the show. And break it down a bit. Like, we didn't want to get too much into the guts and the minutia of the uh, the postseason. Like, we're going to have that conversation at some point in time. Rosie, there's a lot to cover. But I thought it was important to talk about Dubis at least, because that's been a story that's been out there the last couple of weeks. But it's good to know that, I mean, Pittsburgh is carrying forward. Uh, who knows? I mean, a lot can transpire as you you can tell in the next couple of days. So never say never, but to get it from Frank, I think is important. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to know it's on the horizon. This season's not over, but uh, you know, they have gotten themselves in positions they're, they're not very happy with and they didn't expect to mm-hmm. be in. So whatever happens, I believe there will be some form of changes moving on. I think this team needs to be more playoff centric. And I don't think that has been as big of an issue in the past than it is right now. Back in the day, you have a team that, that steamrolls everybody in the regular season, you usually bring that into the postseason. And these days it yeah. seems like, you know, you can be completely a different entity out there. I mean, look at the Boston Bruins, look at the Florida Panthers of last year. Maple Leafs this year aren't in a good spot, although I am staying positive they can claw back out. Yeah. But I feel like it's the it's these uh, generations now. They're different types of it's hard to even call them men sometimes they seem like they seem young they seem like boys this you watch the playoffs in the 90s these are big hulking guys with beards and stubble and yelling and these guys are now like skinny little boys that are fresh face it's just a different style of of person and i feel like if you don't have the right tools and puzzle pieces in place on your roster when you get to the playoffs and it gets gritty out there and it gets hard and it gets intense depending on who you have on your roster, they can uh, they can go away in a hurry. And I don't think that's a problem that GMs have really dealt with in the past as much as they are right now. Hey, did you see uh, Brennan Shanahan in the press box last night? Imagine being Kyle Dubas and looking over. Oh, shit, business has picked up. But again, a story for another day. The Botano Wrap-Up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And I won't lie, it was on the over first period last night and. Both the Oilers game and the Leafs game, a hit once again for the fourth consecutive Oilers game. Not for the Leafs, defensive battle, a 2-1 hockey game. So I took the L, so I'm going to turn things over to you for today's bet. 
Yeah, I mean, just looking at the past there in that Seattle Kraken Dallas Stars game, it has been ridiculously high scoring, but not so much in the first period. So that uh, play that I've been playing over one and a half in the first period, I'm going to stay away from for whatever reason. These guys play tight in the first period, and then things seem to really open up. So if I'm wrong in the first period does open up, you can still hit it because I am taking the over 5.5 to uh, get this win at minus 133. Not too bad a value. And these guys have been scoring like crazy every game. So I feel like if they do that, even if it's a slow first, we can hit the over. That's my play today. I like it. It's been a really, really weird series. Like, I won't lie, handicapped it as sort of a series I would generally take the under in, but it's been anything but. The goaltending's been tough, uh, whether it's Jake Ottinger or Philip Grubauer, and we've seen so much offense in that series. But I wonder if, similar to the Leafs series, things start to trend more towards the under as the games get more important. It's a 2-2 series. This is a pivotal, pivotal game five coming up between the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. We get now to the chat, which is on fire today. Surprise, surprise. Uh, many people in agreement with your take on Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and specifically Marner, the way he handled the uh, Matthew Kachuk situation at the end of the game. Jose writes in, Leafs in eight. <laughs> okay. I guess there's an eighth game in this series, or maybe just uh, the you know, a long night for Jose. So maybe maybe he means seven, but he put eight. Um, Duke 2.0, they played great last night, but I'm still not feeling confident this is the group that will bring it home. Uh, PS 17 game one and two could have gone either way. Frank, I agree with that. Uh, Boston will start cheering for Toronto for sure. Patrick G mafia writes that in, um, jets victory. Gudis is overrated. Was afraid to fight Zach Aston Reese. It is what it is at this point in time. And a lot of people saying build a wall. I like that man for Joseph wall. Ha build the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he looked solid, dude. I mean, he's carrying a shutout into the, the wee minutes of the third period. He looked poised. There's a couple times I like to watch when there's like a big break or a breakdown or a guy's chasing down a puck and, you know, how scrambly that goalie looks. And if he's trying to figure out what position to go in and Wall's just smooth, Very baby, quiet. smooth. He looks, yeah. he looks calm. He looks confident. I think he's the best prospect since Justin Pogey, and I think he will turn out even better than that. He seems ready for the NHL. He does not seem nervous. He seems mature. And, you know, a guy like Mike McKenna, who, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse. He's yeah. very analytical. He he looks very deeply into things, and he knows this Joseph Wall well. He's known him for many, many years. And, I mean, he gets his stamp of approval, and, and that's a big thing to say going into that market in the NHL for a young goaltender, for a guy like Mike to – you know, absolutely shout from the rooftops, this guy is your guy. And, you know, it's a small sample size. I get it. But every single time he has been tested and asked to show us his stuff, he has produced. What is he? What is his winning streak? He wins his first playoff game. He's, he's done everything you could ask for him. And the sky's the limit for him. So uh, Leafs Nation, no matter what happens in this series, uh, you've got uh, some exciting stuff coming up in Joseph Wolf. Oh, definitely. Like a rocking chair. And the irony of this whole conversation is that he looks like a young Matt Murray who's behind him. If you do recall Matt Murray early on in his career, man, a rocking chair, nothing phased him in the crease. He was reliable and just steady and played his game. It didn't swim around. And that's what I've noticed early on from Joseph Wall. Love the composure. I think you're bang on with that assessment that this is, this is a massive game. And maybe he doesn't realize it because he's a youngster and 24 years of age. He's a rookie. First ever star in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But to look that composed at that level, the season's on the line for a team who has big, big plans to win a Stanley Cup. And you put forth an effort like that. I think it tells me, it shows me a lot about a player. And I just loved his post-game remarks as well. Pretty much saying, it's just one. We got plenty to do in this series. So 
uh, we get set again, Rosie. Do or die time yet again, and that's going to be a theme moving forward. Hopefully, this this thing goes the distance for the Maple Leafs. But Game Five, Friday night, man, it's good to be having this conversation today, and and it not being the final show of the season in terms of the the games being played. Yeah, it's solid again, a game at a time. They got to go get one on Friday if they play tight defensively like that, and their big boys can put some pucks in the net. They can get another one. All of a sudden, it's three two, and you know. I don't give a shit about the the past and the history and the statistics of this and that. Once you're, if you can get it to 3-2, the past doesn't even exist. It doesn't matter what happened. It's a 3-2 game. It's absolutely no different than a game that went 1-1-1-1-1 and now it's 3-2. There is no difference except for how you look at it mentally. And if you want to sit there and go, well, we shouldn't win another one because that would mean we won three straight after losing three straight and that doesn't happen. That doesn't (laughs) matter. If you can win on Friday and get it to 3-2, then it's it's totally a series and it's totally up for grabs. Will they do it? I do not know, but they have to win on Friday. So we'll be back tomorrow to tee that up, won't we? We will. You got to believe, folks. Uh, many thanks to everybody in the chat. Producer Alex, spot-up job as per usual. Frank Saravalli for dropping in some nuggets here on the show. Of course, Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Coming up tomorrow, we'll preview Game 5 at Scotiabank Arena.